Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and we are diving on into a big book study. Today we are on page 55 of the chapter called We Agnostics. This is a multi-part deal, and this here is part four of We Agnostics, and we've gone over several important points. In the first part of We Agnostics, we discovered that I ain't got to believe anything. So if I'm atheist, agnostic, or devout religious, or, you know, undetermined, I'm in the other box, you know, that I can be anything and approach this, that all it's going to require of me is willingness. And then we learned in part two that our prejudices, the things that we believe on our way in, are often the things that keep us from this. And that if we can open our minds, not be judgmental, so sensitive, and and move forward with the program, that we can have this experience. It doesn't require any particular skill set, dogma, creed, belief, book, dude, building, history, any of that. And then in the last part, in the part three, we talked about faith and what is faith and that everybody generally has faith. You know, you get in your car and you go on the road and you have faith that everybody else is going to be kind of doing the same thing you're doing, right? Not trying not to bump into you. And today we're going to get down to the nitty gritty of it. So I just want to dive into this today. Uh, We're going to finish the chapter today and we're going to finish it with a little bit of a bang. So on page 55, it starts off with actually we were fooling ourselves. And how we're fooling ourselves is that we are looking at a group of people that say they've recovered from alcoholism, a problem that we assumably have been unable to resolve ourselves, that is characterized by the inability to stop drinking once we start primarily. And we've got all sorts of information from other chapters on what that really is about. But the criteria here that we're about to dive into is really sort of a commitment that the program's asking you to keep the rest of the time. So here we go. Actually, we were fooling ourselves. That means we're fooling ourselves thinking there is no God and we don't need faith. For deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or another, it is there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. Look around you in your room. They're right there. Think about the people at your meeting. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality, capitalized, it's another word for God in here, We found the great reality deep down within us, not in a book, not outside at the church. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. So this is a self-examination to follow or find God. We can only clear the ground a bit. If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then, if you wish, You can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. Okay, you guys ready? With this attitude, you cannot fail. That if you're willing to sweep away your preconceived notions, think honestly about the things we've told you. Like, look around. There's some people in here that say that God solved their problem, right? Look diligently within yourself because that's where you're going to find this God. That's where that spiritual experience is going to happen. That's where the attitude is going to change. If you wish, you then can join us on the broad highway. 
With that attitude, you cannot fail. It's a guarantee. You cannot fail. You will not fail. Do this thing. It's worth it. You're worth it. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. In this book, you will read the experience of a man who thought he was an atheist. His story is so interesting that some of it should be told now. His change of heart was dramatic, convincing, and moving. Our friend was a minister's son. He attended church school, where he became rebellious at what he thought an overdose of religious education. For years thereafter, he was dogged by trouble and frustration, business failure, insanity, fatal illness, suicide. These calamities in his immediate family embittered and depressed him. Post-war disillusionment, ever more serious alcoholism, impending mental and physical collapse brought him to the point to self-destruction, that incomprehensible demoralization. One night, when confined in a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. Our friend's gorge rose, our gorge, his prejudice, his sensitivity, <laughs> his, our friend's gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, if there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. But later, alone in his room, he asked himself this question. Is it possible that all the religious people I have known are wrong? Because there are all types of people, right? Scientists, teachers, they're all smart people. While pondering the answer, he felt as though he lived in hell. Then, like a thunderbolt, a great thought came. It crowded out all else. And this is our question to you in the program. Who are you to say there is no God? I mean, can you think of a more arrogant position in life? I, a speck on a speck on a speck in a speck of a galaxy, have decided there is no creator. <laughs> Just think about it. This chunk of cells that seem to know what they're doing without me teaching them anything, this piece of protoplasm running around, running amok, eating lettuce and burgers, right? This thing has decided that there is no creator of the universe, and I am sure of that. I mean, it's absurd, right? Who are you to say there is no God? This man recounts that he tumbled out of bed to his knees. So vital. He humbled himself, right? In a few seconds, he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God. That power flowed in, like it said earlier. Flowed in. And the feeling came out of him. It poured over and through him with the certainty and majesty of a great tide at flood. The barriers he had built through the years were swept away. He stood in the presence of an infinite power and love. Ooh, more names of God, infinite power, love. He had stepped from bridge to shore. For the first time, he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. No later vicissitude has shaken it. His alcoholic problem was taken away that very night, years ago. It disappeared. Save for a few brief moments of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned, and at such times a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink even if he would. God had restored his sanity. So, you know, here's a guy that suddenly had it change. You can also just learn it to changing. This guy had it suddenly change. What is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. Circumstances made him willing to believe. 
He became incomprehensibly demoralized, right? He had the gift of desperation. Circumstances made him willing to believe alcohol had been the answer for him, ultimately assisting him to this point. He humbly offered him, humbly, humbly got to his knees, right? Accepted the things that people were telling him, questioned his own beliefs, looked at himself and said, hey, who am I to say there is no God? He humbly offered himself to his new maker, Then he knew. Then he went first, creator went second. Even so, as God restored us all to our right minds, to this man, the revelation was sudden. Some of us grow into it more slowly, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. Very important. Willingness. He has come to all who have willingly and honestly went looking for their conception of God. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. When we go towards this higher power, this creative intelligence, love, when we go towards this power greater than ourselves, when we do it, that's when we find it. We've been going away from this for a long time, right? The idea of good orderly direction is a great way to go because we see in our own lives that relationships have a particular cadence to them. We know that doing things for our children and our spouses and our families is a good thing. We know that there's an unspoken contract in our family life of our responsibilities to them. We know what it's like to have people talk junk about us and find out about it. We know what it's like when people don't keep their commitments to us. We know this. And inside of that, we continually fail when we're alcoholics. But this experience, this spiritual experience that we're after can heal us from that and bring us to a place where we're able to fulfill those obligations consistently, predictably, and reliably, that we can rebuild trust and rebuild our lives, that we can manage finances and handle social situations and be successful in the way we define success. It's a wide open door. It's a broad highway. And I hope that you can get on it. So the talk today is, as you go forward, What commitments have you made to yourself relative to AA? A great meeting topic and a fantastic topic for sponsee, sponsor discussions. What commitment are you willing to make today and moving forward with AA? And then you keep that commitment and that can be your cornerstone of faith. That will be you saying, I am willing to do what it takes to discover if this God idea is out there or not. And as you follow through to do your very best, to completely give yourself to this program and its principles, if you do that, you too will find yourself having the God experience. I hope you have a great discussion.